Great. Can everyone hear me? Fantastic. That's great. It's uh, wonderful to be with you. Yeah. Greetings from uh, yeah, your brothers and sisters from Watermark. Um, I hope you get used to my accent. Yeah, as uh, Eric said, I'm from the Netherlands. So let me get my uh, papers ready. And then, yeah, let's look at these verses together. Now, um, yeah, Eric asked me to kind of join this. Uh, uh, you've just did a series on loving the city. And uh, yeah, Eric asked, uh, hey, if you have something with fits with that. And I, I don't know, loving the city is, of course, what God wants us to do. It's really, uh, you know, it, it's exciting. God wants us to love our neighbors, be a blessing. Although I think for most of us, we feel, yeah, that's very idealistic. But I'm just so busy with work, right? Most of our life, we're just working, I don't know, 60, 70 hours, just along, uh, maybe. Uh, and, and you just wonder, what does this add? I mean, Hong Kong, it's, uh, it's got the longest working hours in the world. I saw this uh, statistic here once. Apparently, uh, yeah, they, for certain jobs, average working hours in Hong Kong, 50.1. It's like by a long mile, right? The, the second one is Mumbai, 43.8. So there you go. Uh, if, you like, if you don't like work, why don't you move to Paris? And then they work 30.8 hours only. That's really nice, right? <laughs> and you get 29 days holiday rather than uh, 17. Anyway, uh, but, but yeah, we spend so much time at work. Um, or maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and you spend so much time all just changing nappies and making breakfast and cleaning the house. And you feel, how am I really serving God, right? Maybe, okay, one time I'm getting a Monday, I'm getting a glass of water and my uh, colleague asks, what do you do in the weekend? And I can say, oh, I went to church. And maybe then I serve God, right? I'm useful to God. Or, you know, uh, after work, I, I go, you know, we, we go and give rice to street cleaners and we're a blessing in that way or something. Uh, but actually, we feel stuck at work. Um, why is it, uh, why do we spend so much time working? Maybe you're uh, a high schooler uh, or, and you wonder, why do I have to study so hard? Why do I have to... Right? And I know what the people, your parents will say, well, you have to work later, right? You have to go to uni and then you can work. But it seems so irrelevant. Uh, you're just earning money, right? To pay for the rent, to pay for the school fees. And that's why we work. Well, the wonderful thing is actually work is very important to God. And work is one of the ways that we love the city. And that's what I want to encourage us with today. That's uh, how I thought this, this would be a nice topic for us to be encouraged that, hey, when I go to work, I'm going there because God wants me to love the city through my work. Um, yeah, this, uh, this talk originally was a talk from uh, Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs, as you know, it's a very practical book of the Bible. It's got loads of very useful stuff to say. Um, of course, a lot of it is relevant to work. Some of it, it isn't even explicitly about work, right? Uh, like here, there's uh, some random proverb, uh, 15 verse 1. Uh, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, that, that, that you can apply that to social media, of course, right? And Twitter. But it's obviously very clear for a work team meeting, right? Uh, or even parenting, you know? How are you going to answer your, question, your children? Uh, those kind of things. Uh, but there's other verses that are really about work. And I, I want to just have three simple questions worth. Okay, why do we work? What work should we do? And how do we work? and see yeah, how we can bless the city. So why do we work? Well, what does Proverbs say for how we work, uh, for, for why we work? Well, the first of all, I guess, it is, Proverbs is very practical, very down to earth. It's, of course, just to earn money, right? So uh, uh, 16 verse 26, 
Uh, a worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. Right? He's hungry. He wants food, and so he works. And so he's out in the heat and in the rain, and he's working hard because he wants money. Right? That's, uh, I mean, that discourse is very basic. We, we need money for ourselves. Of course, we also need money for our families. Right? Um, so, uh, slightly higher class, uh, Proverbs 27. Uh, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds uh, for the farmers, because, verse 26, the lambs will provide your clothing. And the goats, the price of a field. There'll be enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and maintenance for your girls. Well, your household needs money. They need food. And so, well, be a good farmer and, and look after your flocks and your herds. And then you've got food and clothing and those kind of things. Right? But, uh, yeah, so provide for yourself, provide for your family. And, and yet there's more than that, right? Because it's not just them. The Proverbs also says you are serving society. And so, uh, 11.26, uh, let's look at that verse closely. Uh, the people curse him who holds back grain, but the blessing is on the head of him who sells it. And you see the, the contrast there. So, so there's someone in the community that people like and someone they don't like. Uh, the person they don't like is the one who hoards grain, right? Who keeps it all to themselves versus someone who sells it. And you can imagine, here's a village, and there's different people, and one person has a grain farm, and so he has lots of grain. But he keeps it all to himself. But other people need it. Instead, if he sells it, he's a blessing to others. Right? He doesn't even have to give it away. Right? It's nice if you give grain to the poor, but actually you're just selling grain, you're a blessing. Because you know, if I have grain and you don't, and I sell it to you, you've got grain, and, and that's great. I mean, the idea is just that we are all different and we all have something to contribute, right? Um, because there's not just a guy with grain, there's the guy who has, I don't know, cows and he sells milk and meat and, right? and other people don't have that, uh, etc. right? I mean, that's how the church works. In the church, we all have different gifts and if we all work together with our different gifts, you know, we can make a beautiful church, right? So I'm not on the refreshments team because my cooking isn't great. Uh, I'm not on the music team, again, for obvious reasons, but we all are different. And in society, it's the same, right? So maybe you're a pilot. Well, I can't fly myself to my family in Holland. I'm really glad that you're a pilot, right? Uh, I've got something wrong with my teeth. I'm really glad that there's a dentist who can, right? Do you understand? We all have different gifts. That's how it works. And so, yeah, we can be a blessing by just each contributing our own special skills to society. A stay-at-home parent. Again, it's a very important job. Helpers. I mean, if you want to think, is my job important? Maybe you think, my job is not that important. What if each of, uh, everyone in your profession would disappear tomorrow? Okay? So, again, what if all the pilots suddenly disappeared? What would happen to Hong Kong? I guess that wouldn't be good for Hong Kong, right? What if all the helpers suddenly disappeared? What would happen to Hong Kong? I think Hong Kong would fall apart, right? All these families who suddenly couldn't survive anymore. And which shows that you are really doing something important. You're doing something meaningful to society. I mean, have you ever tried uh, living completely by yourself, right? Well, what would it be like if you're on an island all on your own? Right? So you have to grow your own food make your own clothing, clean your own water, you know, generate your own electricity, to watch your own Marvel movies. You can't do that. No, we need each other, right? And that's wonderful. 
And basically, that's just love, right? Basically, if you go out to work, you are loving. You're loving your family by providing, but you're loving society by serving others with what you can do. And, and that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Even, you know, even earning money for yourself is loving. Why? Because you're not a burden to others. If you don't earn your own money, then basically yeah, other people need to pay for you. And I'm not talking about stay-at-home parents or students or those who care for the elderly. You know, the person who just uh, you know, sleeps late, watches TV and you know, hangs out with friends and doesn't do anything. And other people need to pay for them. They're, they're selfish. No, the loving thing is just to get up and do some work and contribute. Right? I mean, what is love after all? Love is to sacrifice yourself for the good of others, right? If you work, you sacrifice your time for others. You sacrifice your energy for others. You are loving. You are loving the city through the work you do. And, and that's not just kind of special jobs, you know, creating art or something. Very basic jobs. I mentioned helpers, you know, working at 7-Eleven. You are a blessing to society. I mean, what... what what does Jesus say is love? Giving water to the thirsty. Well, that's a big thing that you do at 7-Eleven, right? You sell water bottles. You are loving society. You're loving the city through your work. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Of course, when I say that, that sounds very countercultural. I don't know if you've ever applied for a job and they said, oh, come and work for us, then you can love people. Right? It's always about self-fulfillment and you, know, uh, you can uh, fulfill your potential and uh, those kind of things. Actually, the Bible is very different. I mean, I mean, how should we think about self-fulfillment? I mean, it's, it's a good thing. The Bible says it's nice if you enjoy your job. It's really nice. It's a gift from God. The only thing is, of course, it's a, it's a gift, right? It's not a guarantee. Many people, they don't necessarily enjoy your job. Partly because, well, jobs, they aren't really enough, right? They are, they're created things. We were made for God to find our fulfillment in Him and not in, uh, in, in work. And of course, as we all know, this, this is a fallen world, right? Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, this world is broken and cursed. And that includes our work. So uh, here, Genesis 3, uh, what God said to Adam after uh, he sinned, Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Right? Uh, work is, uh, is cursed. Work is hard work, sweat, toil, uh, until you die. Uh, and so don't expect work to really fulfill you. Right? Um, some people, they don't get that. A friend of mine, I think he had... In a, in a better time of the economy, he had like four jobs in two years, right? Every half year he would change jobs because oh, the projects aren't interesting enough, so I'm going to change jobs. Oh, my colleagues, they're really annoying, so I'm going to change jobs. Uh, too much travel, change... He just, I mean, he was not a Christian, but basically he wasn't in the wrong job. He was in the wrong universe, right? He was in the wrong creation. <laughs> you know, until Jesus comes back, this is what it's going to be like. So. Uh, find joy instead in serving others. Find joy in the fact that you are loving your family, you are loving society through your work. Maybe it's boring, maybe it's frustrating, maybe it's hard work, but you are doing something good. You are loving the city just by being faithful in your job. That's great. 
course, it begs the question, you know, uh, what work should I do? And maybe, uh, especially uh, you're here as a teenager, and uh, you know, what uni shall I go to? What job shall I do? And in a way, this tells you, you know, uh, you're going to learn things so that you can love people better later. Yeah, but, but what job? Uh, does Proverbs have anything to say about what job we should do? Well, to be honest, I don't think Proverbs says anything, or the Bible says anything about you should do this job. Right? There's a verse in 2 Chronicles that says, John Smith, you should be a lawyer. I mean, there's a billion Christians in the world, right? The, the, the Bible doesn't work like that. And so in a way, you're, you're free, right? If the Bible doesn't tell you what job to do, well, you're, you're free. But I guess we can see the principle here. The principle is, how can you love the city? How can you benefit society? So think, okay, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And then I can, how can I bless the city with that? Well, that's a great way to think about it. How can I... How can I love people? Of course, loads of jobs do that. The doctor loves people. Uh, the garbage collector also loves people. Uh, which of the two you do? There's, an, there's a lot of jobs in between. Yeah, the Bible says you're, you're free. Of course, yeah, is it loving work, right? So some of us, we think, well, as long as I'm not a drug dealer or a prostitute, then I'm basically loving people. I mean, not every job, right? Some jobs, well... Okay, I'm, I'm making food that is really bad for people's health and it makes them addicted. Okay, maybe that's not the most loving thing, right? Or I'm exploiting poor people to make shareholders richer. Okay, okay think about your job maybe. Am I really being a blessing to the city? And maybe you, know, maybe you can do your, job, do your job differently. But uh, a lot of freedom. Uh, as, as long as you... Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, am I loving the city? Of course, at the same time, you do need to provide for yourself, right? If you're wondering, what shall I do? Uh, make sure you earn enough money. So maybe you think, I, I want to bless the, the city through poetry. I can write poetry. That's a great thing. It just doesn't earn much money in the most expensive city in the world, okay? So just Proverbs says you need to provide for your family, so uh, maybe do poetry in your spare time and get a normal job. Uh, I know someone uh, yeah, at the previous church, he was in IT, very bored. Oh, I'm going to quit my job and you know, uh, create a computer game. And that's really nice, but how about your rent? How about your kids' tuition fees? Right? Okay, so better stay in your job. So uh, here, here's a nice proverb from the NIV. Uh, Whoever works their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Uh, so, uh, yeah, make sure you provide enough. But, uh, yeah, that, that's basically, you know, what to do? Well, love. How can I love the city? Although, again, that's so unreal, right? Uh, most of us, again, fulfillment. How can I reach my potential? Uh, if you, my, my oldest daughter, she's 16. She has this uni advising at school, and it's all about, you know, your potential and, and, and fulfillment. And uh, if it doesn't matter with job, you know, why does the world keep saying, oh, you need to get higher and get promotions and become the top of your field and those kind of things? I, I think that's worth addressing, right? Should Christians do that or should we just, well, any job is okay? Maybe you're burdened by that. Maybe some of you, you're a stay-at-home parent and, you know, all your friends, they're in careers and they say, well, you, why aren't you in a career, right? Aren't you wasting your potential? Well, one thing to say... First of all, remember, jobs are a modern, this kind of career is a modern luxury. I mean, why does Proverbs have nothing to say about careers? Well, because 3,000 years ago, you didn't have a career. There was no school, no uni. You were born on a farm, 
and you learned farming from your parents, and then you became a farmer, and you did that until you died. Right? That, that's your career. So no wonder people didn't need advice for career, because there wasn't anything, right? It's just a modern luxury. And, and even these days, you know, most people don't have a career, right? Uh, there are some people, yeah, oh, shall I be a doctor or a lawyer? But there's plenty of other people that look at the, the street cleaners and the waiters and the shop assistants, uh, yeah, the guards. Most people don't really have a fulfilling career, they're just happy to have a job. You know, in the world, only 99% of people can't have a career. So it's not very important. Uh, if you ever want to think more about work, there's a great book by uh, Daniel Doriani, uh, Work, It's Purpose, Dignity and Transformation. And he says, uh, yeah, a fulfilling career. Well, this myth applies at best to those who have native intelligence, a network of supportive adults, a strong work ethic, and access to an elite education by world standards. Those in the lower socioeconomic classes rarely have such opportunities. Right? Most people in the world, they can't have a career. So it's, you don't need a career to please God. Otherwise, most, most Christians couldn't. But, okay, should I? But, 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 okay, but what if I can? Should I seek it? I mean, the Bible does say that, hey, if you're good, you'll get somewhere. Uh, Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Uh, if you're really good, you're probably going to be successful. That's a good thing. But should we seek it? Well, I think we should apply this principle. Uh, are you going seeking a career out of love? And are you want to love the city? Because love is a good motivation. Maybe you think, okay, I, if I'm in government, I can do a lot of good. Well, the higher up, the more people you can affect, right? So it's good to want to get higher and higher so that you can affect more people and bless more people. So getting higher up can be a good thing. Or, or using your skills. Imagine someone, they have the gifts and the intelligence to cure cancer. Okay? They could cure cancer, except they are working as a barista at Starbucks, so they have more time for Netflix. What do you think? Well, you can serve God in, in, uh, as a barista. You can love the city. I mean, Hong Kongers need coffee. You know, you can bless the city through being a barista. But actually, if you can cure cancer, the loving thing would be to go for it, right? To be, try and be successful and, and actually do that. You know, wanting more salary it can be a good thing. Maybe you have young kids. Okay, in a few years they need to go to school and the tuition fees are very high. Better get that promotion so that I can afford schooling for my kids. It's a good thing. But again, it's, it's love, right? So often it's about me, my fulfillment, and my status, and my salary, and my job title. No, that's... Uh, uh, I don't... Uh, God would say, yeah, look, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's the right motivation. I mean, it's okay. It's a gift. But it's not something you need. And especially, you know, you think about what you, who you are as a Christian. You have everything already in Christ. I mean, you're looking for a fulfilling job. First of all, can it, that job really fulfill you? But also, you're a Christian, you have Jesus, right? You have the all-satisfying darling of heaven, that, in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what you have if you're a Christian. Maybe that can fulfill you, right? Maybe you're looking for status. Okay, it's sign the echo. Okay, maybe you're looking for status. You are a child of God. You're going to sit next to Jesus judging angels. 
who cares about being a senior manager rather than an assistant manager, right? It doesn't matter that much. Well, fulfilling your potential. I mean, you are an immortal being in the image of God. You're going to have uh, a whole eternity to explore the whole new creation, to try out all your gifts. Do you really need this, this promotion? Is that really what's going to change your life and your eternity? It's okay, but it's, uh, in a way it's optional as a Christian. And so it's nice, but uh, yeah, you don't need it. And especially, you know, maybe you have higher priorities. That's something that we sometimes need to think about, right? Because God wants us to love the city, you know, he wants us to work. But there's all these other things that we need to manage, right? So uh, I my feel like my Christian life is often these kind of spinning plates where you kind of, uh, okay, I have my job and I have my spouse and I have my kids and I have my church and I have uh, friends and I have outsiders and the community and how do I manage all of those things? It's very hard, right? Well, it's nice to know that actually some of it is not a high priority. A career is not a high priority. That, that's good. So, for example, family comes before a career, right? The Bible never says get a career. It does say husbands love your wife and, you know, uh, parents uh, take care of your children and those kind of things. So if this promotion gets in the way of my, will be uh, really bad for my family, well, let me not take it because family matters more. I know, yeah, sometimes in Hong Kong you, you see that people, like husband and wife, and they both prioritize their career, which means living in different countries. I just can't imagine that. And then I once met a family, their children were in another country being taken care of by the grandparents just for their career. And I just think that's really not what God wants, right? Uh, how can you be a picture of Christ and the church if you're in separate countries? Now, sometimes there's no choice. I know many helpers, they feel guilty, right? Because they leave their kids in the Philippines and they are here and uh, should I look after my kids? But then, yeah, if you go home, you all starve because you have no income. You have no choice, right? You need to come here. But if you have a choice, well, family comes first. Um, or how about church? You know, Jesus gave us the Great Commission. Uh, he wants us to be devoted to being together. But so often work gets in the way. It depends on a bit of your field of work, but certainly our current church, uh, yeah, I, I work on the island, and there's a lot of lawyers and finance people, and, oh, yeah, small group. Oh, it would be really nice, but I'm just too busy with my career. I'm too busy for my promotion. Well, again, Jesus never commanded us to have a career. He does command us to be devoted to one another. Wouldn't it be great if it was the other way around? Oh, promotion. Oh, that would be really nice. I, I wish I had time. I'm just too busy with church. Right? Maybe that's a lot better. I mean, you're going to stand before Jesus and Jesus says, uh, you know, he's not going to ask about your salary and your job title and your CV. He's going to ask, okay, uh, have you made disciples? Have you loved the city? Have you uh, loved your family? Yeah? Which, uh, yeah, will help us with priorities. No, it's not really about what job you do. Uh, what does the Proverbs have to say? Well, actually what matters is how you do your job. That's actually, there's so many proverbs about that. Hey, we want to love our neighbors, we want to love the city. Well, a lot of it is how we do our work, or how we do our parenting. How? I mean, proverbs, of course, have lots of wisdom. You know, ask for advice, don't rush into things, you know, uh, plan well. But, but how about the moral stuff? Like, for example, be diligent. 
uh, 10.26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to those who send him. Right? Uh, if you are a lazy employee who is unreliable, that's, uh, that's, that, that's not great, right? Uh, be hardworking and diligent. That is what, uh, in a way, is, that's the ideal kind of worker, right? Uh, of course, here in Hong Kong, people work so hard. Maybe in uh, some other cultures, that's different. Uh, or be honest. Um, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Uh, Christians should be known for their integrity, for, just, for, for never cheating, for always being honest, which, which isn't always easy. It depends on, on your job. I, I became a Christian age 25 when I was a management consultant. I found it really hard to be a, a Christian management consultant, right? to tell these businesses that, oh, we completely understand the whole market and we know exactly what you need to do, so trust our advice. Well, to be honest, it was, most of it was just guesswork, right? Uh, but anyway, that, 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 yeah, that was my job and I, I, I struggled with that. Later I worked for public transport, that was much easier, just you know, helping people get to work faster by break, making the MTR run better, the MTR in London. But, uh, yeah, being honest, uh, being just and fair, you know, uh, the wicked accepts a bribe in secret to pervert the ways of justice. Uh, it's very common in some countries, even in Hong Kong, right? Uh, people do you a favor and so they expect you to do them a favor, rather than doing what is right and fair. And uh, that is not what God wants. We, we should be just and fair, we should care for the poor, right? I think of loving the city, I'm sure you've talked about that. Uh, whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty, right? God really hates people who uh, take advantage of the poor. Because, but, because that's, yeah, as we just said earlier, we need each other, right? And so the poor need the rich, but that's a great opportunity to exploit them, sadly, for a lot of people. And Christians shouldn't do this. But ultimately, basically it's all love, right? Not taking advantage of others is love. Being honest is love, right? You're just loving the city through, uh, yeah, how we work. I mean, ultimately, yeah, we, we just stand for the, before the God of love. And, you know, he asks, have you loved people? Have you loved the city? Have you loved your colleagues? Have you loved your clients? Have you loved your customers? And then it doesn't matter what job you do, if you're loving. And, uh, I mean, the Bible has various instructions in the New Testament. It's not to the governors, it's not to the CEOs. Paul just writes to slaves, and he says, well, be loving, right? Uh, Titus 2, uh, slaves are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, right? Just be a loving slave. And then, well, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Right? You are a blessing. You, you, you show the gospel. You, you imitate the gospel. Yeah, you imitate God. You, uh, you, you serve him. Yeah, you bless people uh, through him. That's what you're doing. After all, isn't Jesus the ultimate loving person? Right? When you think about this, love, is that really it, what it's about? Well, look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus, he had the, the highest status, right? He had the, the ultimate CV. He was king of the universe. But is that what attracts us to him? And of course, he is glorious in his majesty. But, but to be honest, well, what, what, what do we find most beautiful about Jesus? It's his love, right? How he gave up being the king of the universe and you know, became a carpenter and a rabbi. 
and worse, Paul says he made himself like a slave. Uh, he became a criminal. And he died a most horrible death. He didn't do that for his satisfaction, for his self-fulfillment. He did it purely out of love. And, and how did he work? Yeah, it's not his impressive looks or status, his integrity, uh, his care for others, his um, justice, his fairness, his uh, hard work, right? You see Jesus and you see love incarnate. Well, and he says, be like me, right? You're being remade in his image. He's loved you, he's died for you, and now he's given you the spirit of love, the spirit to go into Hong Kong and to love the city, to love like him, to be his hands and feet. Isn't that a beautiful vision, right? And Jesus, the, the king of love, uh, yeah, and we are his hands and feet. So let it empower you. Eh? We wanna love the city, actually, when you are at work, or when you're a stay-at-home parent, you are there to love. And God is working through you to love the city. He's working in you to make you more loving. Isn't it a wonderful vision? Yeah, so, again, as we go and love the city, uh, let's remember this. Let's look to Jesus. Let his love transform us. And then go out and love the city of Hong Kong. Why don't I pray? Lord Jesus, thank you that you are love. Thank you for the way you've loved us. We were sinners. Uh, what we needed the most, our greatest need, uh, a savior. Uh, you came down and, and died for us. Uh, pray that that would transform us. Uh, that as we go about our lives, as we are busy with our jobs, we would see that uh, how it is love, how it reflects you, and uh, how, uh, yeah, what a privilege it is to serve you, to uh, to be your hands and feet, to uh, love like you here in this city. Uh, please would you motivate us. Some of us, we are having really tough jobs and it's boring and it's frustrating and it feels pointless. Would we see how we're loving society, how we're loving the city and would it encourage us? Would you strengthen us by your love, by your grace, by your spirit uh, to go and live and serve here uh, for your glory? And we pray this in your name. Amen.